Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is Colossal Supremo. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award-winning play-by-play man Dan Dibley. Squirt! And international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. New year, new season. New decade. Same old podcast because we've got action in the Premier League and you've got action right here. It's Golasso Supremo. Golasso de Hasle de Alemania. De Liverpool, who has already struck, Rick, not six minutes into the fixture today as we wrap up. Match day 21 in the Premier League. It's Liverpool 1, Sheffield United. The plucky surprise story, Sheffield United with nil at this early stage. My friend who's an Everton fan, they uh, she took her family back home because she's from Liverpool, big Everton fan, and she said, my son's going to Anfield tonight. I'm going to disown him. And she sent me this picture of him wearing the Liverpool hat and scarf. Yes, so you'll never walk alone. Whatever's clever, when, especially when VAR, you'll never score alone. Um, nice. But anyway, so yes, they are the flavor, well, they were the flavor of the 80s. Everyone who I grew up with was either a Liverpool or a Manchester United fan. And now you get the um, the Liverpool resurgence now, Dibs. Without a doubt. And you look at what they've done at home, 50 straight unbeaten mm. at home, and that's just truly remarkable. 50. 55-0. I saw Jeez. that uh, courtesy NBC Sports in the, the pre-match build-up to today, wow. to today's uh, fixture against Sheffield United. Plenty to talk about around the Premier League. I know mm-hmm. the FA Cup it starts to reach a fever pitch with that third-round action mm-hmm. coming up. We'll get into that. Bad news for an American player overseas, DeAndre Yedlin. With a broken hand, he'll miss some time and plenty of January transfer window chatter to kick about as well, Rick. That is the main headline for sure is what's going to happen. And just the new rumor for Tottenham is that uh, Inter now want to have the services of Christian Eriksen and Tottenham are putting a $25 million sort of uh, uh, hold on him right now. Tender, as we like to say. Not Tinder, but Tender. Yes. Because there's Tinder, and then there's a Tender. You can Tender a Tinder, but you usually don't Tinder a Tender. You you Tender a Tender. I like that. Yeah, that works out. And then if you go on Tinder, you can go to to Burger King, get chicken tenders. Yes. <laughs> you could actually get tenders on your tender. No, it worked. It yeah. worked for me on a number of levels. Yes, as long as you don't steal, you have to use legal tender. In order to get your tenders yes. while you're on your tinder. Yeah, and if you're in the hood, you get your propers. Nice. Now we're at Popeye's all of a sudden and we're getting chicken and waffles. I, I just want to give a shout out. In a week where, where Tottenham had this horrifying game where uh, in the, these games where Sonny gets red carded, three match ban, and just uh, yesterday on New Year's Day, they're, they have a goal that ties things up. And then on the same play, Kane is offside and he uh, does his hamstring. A shout out to Alareza Jahan Bosch for his bicycle kick for BHA 
against Chelsea down at the Amex. And it was right in that same goal where I saw Hugo Lloris get hurt when I was there in October. There's some magic going on on the South Coast. And I know that you know Tottenham went there and lost. Chelsea went there and drew. And I think most of these big clubs go there thinking, well, this is three points. But this was, and it's funny because when he scored, it just showed me the pure joy of soccer. And I'm honestly, I had never really heard of the guy. He's got a, the ultimate uh, Iranian name, though. Great traditional Persian name. He did that bicycle kick, which, as you know, you have to kick it with your last foot that leaves the ground because the other foot kicks up. But far post, Kepa didn't even move. And as he started to celebrate, he put his hands over his face and he went on his knees because he knew right then that while he won't be immortal, that goal will be immortal. And it's I don't I don't care what happens. It's got to be the goal of the year in the Premier League. And just a shout out to show why this is the best league in the world, because you have some guy that we never heard of having the best goal. It was spectacular. <clears throat> and it reminds you of other great bicycle kicks, as they call it, the overhead kicks. Zlatan, Ibrahimovic with one, certainly mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo, sure. who's got an iconic one as well. That's mm-hmm. That's got to be for a goal scorer, for a striker. It's got to be... The pièce de résistance, much like for a cornerback in football, it would be the hundred-yard pick-six or the kickoff returner yeah. with the hundred-plus-yard kickoff return, or you know the punt return, or even like you think about Deion Sanders and some of his iconic kick returns. Just mm-hmm. to be able to be that great in that moment, surrounded by so many other elite athletes. Yeah, and it's and the thing is, it's even more rare. Than, than those uh, as well. But uh, just a little shout out to, because it's not often that I take a step back and I'm just a fan of the game. You know, I'm not usually that magnanimous, but I had to appreciate that and one. And especially right now when you are uh, waist deep in real issues with Ndombele getting hurt and Harry Kane being hurt, Christian Eriksen, who started to show some brightness again for Tottenham. It looked like Jose Mourinho was going to start using him more and he was starting to fit back into the... To the old gang, the gang was back together, and just like that, you, you get, well, first of all, a collective calamity at the back with the Vertongen and Alderweireld, uh, the old guy show. It's like the two cranks and the Muppets up there. <laughs> you got him. No, you got him. Oh, oh, oh. It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to Erase let the striker the have a clean shot or goal. Tonight. Um, they got problems in Tottenham. Alderweireld had a, a terrible game, which is very rare. Uh, Deli Alley yesterday had a terrible game. Um, Ndombele and Erickson looked great together in the last game. And then Ndombele, who asked not to play the game before, um, did a leg. And Mourinho said after the game, he's always hurt. I don't know what's up with this guy. I mean, he just basically called him out. He says he didn't want to play because he was afraid he would get hurt. And then he plays and he gets hurt. It didn't look like much. But that's the thing you got you to deal with now is that some of these players, they, they have agents and or, or what's going on and they have to always you know, look out for, for what's best for them. But um, I've always said as a Tottenham fan, the number one goal is to avoid relegation because I've been through relegation fights. I remember staying up on the last Thursday of the last week of the season, a Steve Sedge, Steve Sledgely goal, a terrible fullback. That was at Portman Road when they were playing Ipswich Town. That kept us up. That was Christian Gross and Mike Livermore, just these managers, these buffoons. So it's like, oh my gosh, we might not finish in the top four. Well, the guy that you just fired took you there four years in a row. And so when you look at how disjointed that display was yesterday, who knew what, you know, with Lacelso, where am I going? Where are you going? 
that would be the kind of thing where you look at when when Pocatino was there and you'd say like, oh, he's got to go. So what are you going to do? Fire Mourinho? No. You just these players have to start getting uh, more organized and stop letting their managers down. Yeah, and you look at uh, the mixed results over the past couple of weeks since we've spoken. Chelsea two, Spurs nil, then a win against Brighton at home, uh, an odd tie against the Canaries, playing uh, against Norwich yeah. City on the road. That was that was the game I thought where uh, Alderweireld was just virtually lost. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... Not as bad as yesterday. Right, and you mentioned <laughs> yesterday a bit of the howler in a loss to yeah. Southampton. Right now, Liverpool won and Sheffield United nil still as mm-hmm. uh, we're in the early stages of that. But outside of Liverpool, it's hard to look at any side and say they've got it all completely buttoned up with the exception of the chaps at King Power Stadium <laughs> as Leicester sits Jamie Vardy for not one, but two of the fixtures over the weekend, and they win both comfortably. Right. When when they played Liverpool, what was that, a week ago, and Liverpool won 4 nothing uh, against Leicester, that kind of that kind of put it to bed, even though we say nothing counts till Christmas. Well, we're in the new year now. We're past Christmas. And, and that so, certainly counted, and that was the day after Christmas on yeah. Boxing Day. We watched the full slate. We were down in San Diego oh, cool. as a family, and uh, Great. we were taking those in. One at a time. Pretty good day of, uh, of football throughout the course. Yeah, and it's funny. As I talked to a Tottenham friend who said the season's over, I go, we still have two cups to play, and we're going to the Riverside here, take on Boro, and they're still in the, in the Champions League. Uh, so not it's not all is lost. Okay, so they don't get into the top four. There are still cups to win. They haven't had silverware there in a long time. There's always things to play for, Dan, especially that League Cup. That yes, you so yes. Much. That's the FA Cup, right? No, that, the League Cup is what Colchester knocked us out of. The FA Cup is open to non-league teams. Non, so any team, basically. Any team. Tottenham was actually the first team to non-league team to win the FA Cup in 1889 after Harry Chapman of Arsenal kicked Tottenham out of the league because he wanted North London to himself. Okay. That's, not that we remember. The Carabao anything. Cup is the League Cup. The, the League Cup about. is the one, yeah, that's the League Cup. That has With different just the sponsors. Five leagues. Uh, the Four five. leagues. Oh, it's the championship, the premier, one, and one and two. One and two, yeah. Everyone everyone else is considered non-league. The gotcha. Isthmian League, the, the the conference. It's usually you say conference football, yeah. Not a whole <clears throat> bunch of really compelling matchups at, at, in the FA Cup coming up. I'm looking for any battle of Titans. Old Rother, Rotherham against Hull City. Rotherham. Yeah. You know, Rotherham. Well, isn't there a... Um, isn't there a Liverpool uh, Merseyside uh, derby there? It was a little. Uh, isn't Everton playing Liverpool in the FA Cup? Oh, is that right? I I'm believe. Just, oh, Wolves and Man United. That's pretty good. Yeah. Chelsea against Nottingham Forest. Forest man. Arsenal leads they, Liverpool and Everton. There yeah. you go. Forest went down and they've never come back up. It's, it's heartbreaking. You've got uh, Bristol Rovers, not to be mistaken with the Blackburn Rovers, of course, taking yes. on Coventry. Or Bristol City. Right. One, one is the Robins and one is the Pirates. Crystal Palace against uh, Derby County. My favorite, Sheffield United going up against Field. F-Y-L-D-E. <laughs> Field. Is, um, Middlesbrough when, and uh, when does When course. does Rain Rooney become Derby's uh, player manager for the Rams at the old baseball ground? That's a good question. I wonder if it will be... Is it now? Or is it... Uh, I was wondering if it was going to be in January, as they say. Yeah. You're just in time for the January sales. That's right. Because he's <laughs> gone from uh, MLS now, and he's 
He's doing his own thing. Yeah. I think he's at, uh, I forgot what they call their new stadium. I just loved it when it was the baseball ground. That it was, was so an old cool. baseball ground. That the pilots and American pilots in World War II, and then they put a fence around it and they put some stands in and they started playing soccer at the baseball ground. That was one of the first questions I had. I mean, like in the late 80s when I started hanging out with British people. Why is it called the baseball ground? But that's the thing that's so great. These names and most of these stadiums back in the day were just named after the road they were on. You know, Vicarage Road, Kara Road. Yeah. And you think about King Harold fighting the Norwegians at Stamford Bridge. They named that stadium after that battle. Then, of course, literally they had to run down south because there was the Norman Conquest. And then he got uh, shot and Harold got shot in the eye. And Damn. That's, that's when. That's uh, a straight red, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Shoot a guy in the eye, straight red. <laughs> that's a three match ban for violent conduct. Yeah. Let's talk about the straight red to Yunmin Song yeah. and uh, what transpired and what this means for, for Song at his. His star has never been brighter. He's been so good. He's turned into a real important fixture for Tottenham. And But he's had now two of these incidents. One was wrongfully adjudicated and fixed after the fact. But mm-hmm. this one, an inexcusable act of sheer violence. Yeah, well, yeah, he was. He felt the guy was lingering a little too long and his boots were up. And it was just a little... A little kick out and, uh, you know, the Rudiger made a meal of it, as they do in soccer. A straight red is a three-match ban, and it means that Lucas Mora starts, which isn't a disaster, but he's probably better coming off the bench. And I was just saying yesterday, like, man, we could really use Sonny uh, right now. But, you know, he's the most famous celebrity in South Korea. He literally is the most famous guy in that whole city that people follow More every single— More famous even than Seri Park? Yes, even more famous than Seri Park. She won more majors— uh, she did win more. That's a golfer, right? Yes. Yes. Women female, golfer. Yeah. Female golfer, yeah. Yes. Or maybe even Chonho Park. Shout out. Not bad. Dodgers. Yeah. Who are the great uh, Korean athletes? Um, uh, There's two right off the, right <laughs> off the, off the mark. You nailed it. Seiri and Chan Ho. Well, um, uh, Hyung Lung Po uh, was a Tottenham fullback. He was actually the first South Korean to play for Tottenham. Shout out to uh, Po. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes when I don't get paid, I end up a little po too. This is uh, Golasso Supremo, probably for the last time. Here, uh, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley. Liverpool easily in front, and as you mentioned, it's it's all but over in the Prem as they have a hmm. ten point lead, and it'll be thirteen if they handle Sheffield United. And right now they're up one nothing in the twenty third minute. Leicester impressive in second. Then it's Man City. Quite a gap, though, back to Chelsea yeah. in fourth on 36 points, then Man U 31, Tottenham and the Wolves at 30, and then the aforementioned Sheffield at 29. Are we are we all pretty much waiting to see who, who gets fourth place for Champions League next year, assuming that City, Leicester with 45 points, relatively safe? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. They always say 40 points is when you know you're not going to get relegated, and then you can go in different stages. We'll see if Leicester can keep this up. We have no doubts that Liverpool and Man City will. But yeah, that fourth-place spot is still available to the team that steps up, and some of these teams need to get out of their own way. You mentioned Tottenham playing some of these teams that are rock bottom. Some of them are in the, the drop zone and, and you know dropping points to the very worst team in the league, which is something that they're famous for. Um, that shows that this is not going to be their year. But there are other teams that have an opportunity to step up. It's right there for Chelsea if they want to hold on to it. So far, it's not uh, <clears throat> looked great. A lot of inconsistency with the young team, which you would come to expect. They look mm-hmm. so good in the upset win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and then to 
to go and, and really fall flat against Brighton, even though it was a spectacular goal, to walk out of there with a draw is a bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. You look at the bottom of the table, the Canaries now, Rick, yeah. have sank all the way into 20th on 14 points. Watford on some good results of late now out of the cellar, sitting on 19, and then it's up to Bournemouth on 20 points, Aston Villa at 21, the Hammers on 22, and then a group at 24 and 25. Norwich City, is it... I know it's only 21 matches down, 17 to go, but how desperate are the times for the Canaries? Well, they remember they won that game and they didn't even get off the bottom. It shows you how much the gap was. I don't think they're going to stay up. I mean, you watch that game. Um, until they got that goal where Alderweireld slipped, They, you could see why they were in last place. I mean, they were atrocious, and they have so many young players um, they don't have hard. They they, ha- they have hardly any internationals at all. Shout um, out Temu Puki. Puki is of course, and and this is another thing with VAR. Harry Kane had a perfectly good goal disallowed in the uh, win over um, who we were just saying. My mind is all scrambled. The game before last, he had a perfectly goal. They ended up winning that game two one anyway. Um, but then you think about this Puki goal. So I think his like right knuckle was offside. Ridiculous. You should just look at the shoulders. If he's he's onside or not, it shouldn't be whether an arm is forward. You know what I mean? Or and like he, you say, a knuckle in this case. Yeah. Literally half of his hand, if that. Mm-hmm. And Harry Kane, I believe it was his elbow. There's a little bit of his elbow. But if you look in the Olympics, it's your chest that hits the tape. You can't reach out. Otherwise, people would dive at the end of the 40-meter dash. It should be what the rules say, your chest. But now it's like, oh, look, Harry Kane's elbow is offside. He's standing the exact same spot as the defender is standing. And now his elbow. So now if I'm teaching strikers, I tell them to stay a step behind, which means now the defender has a step on you. It's just stupid. And it ruins the the spirit of the rule and the spirit of the game. And again, Mm -hmm. this is the VAR. This is what you wanted. You and all your let's get it right people. (laughs) Your let's get it right army of people who they want to take away the real thrill of the game. And what we're seeing now is fans don't know how to react. You see a play like that, Harry Kane, is he onside or is he not? Uh I can't even cheer for the goal that I waited all day to see because I have to wait for VAR to check it. I have to have Mike Dean Mm. with his finger on his ear, and then I have to, yeah, yeah, hold on. Then we we draw our imaginary square, (laughs) make sure it's, what, 13 by 9 ratio. Sure. And then it's no goal. Yeah, it's it's a joke. Well, when I... When I saw it was introduced, I mean, I have seen so much soccer in my life and I've seen so many heinous injustices that I just thought, well, now when the guy's three steps offside, I had no idea, Dan, because we had to see what would happen. I had no idea they would start measuring knuckles and they get out of this thing. They show you too. They get out this thing. It looks like you have your mouse and you're spreading it. Yeah, it's great. And there's this little line and it's like, yeah, I can see maybe if he didn't moose his Bob's big boy curl that morning <laughs> and if he did more of a Glenn Kuyper vampire look, you know, straight back, he would have been on side. It's like, you're right. It's the spirit of the law and the, uh, the, uh, the letter of the law. And this from a sport that has tried so hard and I think they've done well incrementally at injecting more action. There's more scoring than there used to be. Mm-hmm. The one nil or the nil nil snoozer is out of the game somewhat because of the talent of the players, but also the rules making it so 
that offensive players have a little bit more of an edge in the physicality. They do, and the biggest thing for that, I think, was in the 80s in the World Cup when they, and then in the Premier League, or back then the Division One did it too, and then everyone copied, was that they made three points for a win. Because forever in England in the World Cup, it was two points for a win, one point for a tie. And there was really no incentive to, it's like, wait a minute, if we get that goal, we can get three points? It was an incentive to attack. And in England, which is the most macho league, you don't want to show your hurt, which is weird because when some of these foreigners come in, they're like, oh, no, I'm dead. And it's like, we, homie, don't play that here. You can kind of see those guys. But that's what I like about Americans and, and uh, the, the British, the Irish, the Germans. They think it's embarrassing to act like it's hurt. We've seen some cultures, the Mediterranean cultures, where you're celebrated to act like you got hurt. And in England, it doesn't work like that. So that means in England, usually you see a team come all the way down and attack. And then the other team come all the way down and attack. It's relentless entertainment. It's much better than it used to be, certainly. And yes. you know, you mentioned some of the more Mediterranean leagues. I mm-hmm. used to watch a lot more Syria, and you would have situations where a player would go down, and based on how many tumbles after the alleged oh, foul, oh, oh, oh. would tell you how many minutes he'd be down. <laughs> if you get to that third roll, now we're going freezy spray. You got to bring out the freezy spray, and now he's going to be down for a little bit. There'll be multiple grimaces. There'll be a headband adjustment, and that I think ultimately is what turns off a lot of Americans to the game. It's the perceived lack of action. It's the grotesque floppery. And it's just the general diva nature, which, to your point, the English Premier League, I think, has the least of that of, I'd say, the German, the Bundesliga has even less. Yeah. But uh, the English League would be next. The Italians themselves call it the opera buffo, the buffoon's opera, when this type of thing... The Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when this type of thing happens, I remember when I was uh, in England um, in 2002 and they had this commercial. I forgot what it was for, but it had secret cameras at the Italians training camp uh, before the World Cup. And it showed them uh, having diving practice. Oh, it's great. And it had a guy go but by. But there was no swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy go, had a guy run by and it showed them to flick your jaw to the left and then spin around. And then every time you fall down, hold your shin with one hand and then wave furiously That's the great. stretcher with the That's other great. hand and the whole team was practicing it. Yeah. The furious wave of the trainer. What was great was that Jurgen Klinsmann who of course played in Italy with Inter Milan when he came to Germany everyone said he's a diver he's a diver. So his first press conference he said where in London is the diving school? <laughs> and then Tottenham was incurred because of their I'll try to keep this short but they were going to go out of they were going to go broke because of the Midland Bank this guy Irving Scholar. So they had a 12 point penalty. They started the season minus 12. Wow. So they're going to get relegated. They appealed. They got it to minus six. The first week they got to zero with two wins, but Klinsman scored the goal at Hillsborough Sheffield Wednesday and he ran and he dove and everybody else dove. And I remember the headline, of course, they're not PC over there. The headline in the sun, what sun said, he's done what Hitler couldn't. He's conquered England. Jeez. That's, that's pretty strong. <laughs> yes. Even in 1990, I was, I was like, say, what? Yeah. 90, 94. Sorry. Nowadays. Like, yeah. You can't even say that on a podcast without, no. you know, getting rebuked, formally rebuked. Sure. Uh, transfer news, Rick, let's talk a little transfer time yes. as we are getting ready to have the January window into its absolute feverish pitch. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Paul Pogba. The rumor is, back to Juve, how much would this hurt Man U, a club that really hasn't utilized him much, and can he make a difference for Juve in the Champions League? 
It's the kind of thing where it's a shame because he's there, and you're right, Man United could certainly use them. They're not in their customary spot in the top five. And, but then it makes you wonder for the team that's buying him, like, what am I getting now? It's like Mario Balotelli there. He's not as much as a bad boy as him, but it's like, am I getting a guy who's going to give me everything or am I getting a guy who's moody and ooh, ooh, my arm, that type of thing. So um, I would take him, but I think it's getting to the point now where you almost have to like uh, wonder how, how big the risk is. And he's facing surgery that'll have him out for three to four weeks. And then to your point, how much will he be motivated? The, the presumption being when he goes back to Syria, back to Juventus, he would find his old form, his comfort zone. It's never seemed like the right fit in Manchester United, even when Jose Mourinho was there. He played well early, and then he kind of fell out of favor toward the end of Mourinho, and as did uh, Rom Lukaku. And then even when OGS came in, Ole Gullit and Gunnar Solskjaer, mm-hmm. he never seemed to really fit in as well. So that's a transfer I think both sides would uh, would definitely welcome. And some guys are just not box-to-box midfielders. Some guys, some midfielders want to play in the pocket up front, or they just want to be... And sometimes it's design. You'll have a, a, a defensive midfielder who's the teeth, who will sit in front of the back four, and you'll have a guy who's the engine room who sprays the ball around. It seems to me that Pogma sort of wanted to be um, like a... Um, uh, a libero at first, a sweeper, and then it seemed like he almost was like, "Well, I'm kind of a striker," and then so the de- the defensive duties weren't all there as well. It's sort of like when you'd say, "You know, are you are you James Harden or are you Bruce Bowen?" And it's like, "Well, you don't have to be either extreme there, and we can be more like a Clay Thompson. This is what we want." But he wants to be the kind of player that he can't be. Which, if he really wants to be an impactful midfielder, you got to work, mm-hmm. and he doesn't show a consistency in work rate. To be the player, in my opinion, that he should be. Because you can't just have him be your striker Mm. and try to feed the ball to him because he demands more touches. When he's getting touches in the middle of the park and he's engaged, he becomes more dangerous, in my opinion. He, He becomes more involved in what you're trying to do. And I've said this before. The guy he reminds me of the most is Stefan Effenberg a guy that big in the middle of the park, and we've seen him win physical battles. He's bigger and stronger than you. He just is. I don't care who you are. He's bigger and stronger than you, and it's just too bad that he's not more committed, and maybe he will get committed back, went back with La Vecchia Signora. Aston Villa is trying to avoid relegation. They could be interested in Chelsea outcast Mishi Batshuayi, mm-hmm. who sits behind Tammy Abraham, the youngster, and also Olivier Giroud tends to get uh, more time in these Premier League matches as well, Aston Villa getting Batshuayi, is it a move of desperation? Is it a sound choice to try to stay up? You have to try and stay up. That's where the money is. And they can't sell Jack Grealish. They can't be sellers. I they like have Grealish. To buy. He's a feisty little guy. He scored a nice goal yesterday again. Um, I, You just, uh, yeah, Batshuayi, you know, that's the thing. It's like Chelsea, it's like, eh. I mean, I was just thinking yesterday with um, the game Tottenham was playing, you have this guy, Ings who scores this goal, a nice little chip around Alderweireld and scores with his left foot. This guy was on Liverpool, and Liverpool's like, who Who are you? But he goes to another team, and you're the man. I mean, that could, that might work out for Batashui. Yes, and a possible uh, move for Leicester City, and this is all from uh, ESPN.com and mm-hmm. their soccer blog. Some interesting transfer chatter. Leicester possibly in the running for Juventus center half Daniel Rugani. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on... Leicester City adding another piece and what they might actually need because they've got so much quality 
and their system works so well, could they bring in a player like Rugani or Rujani and make an impact? The, it's the, they got so much money for Harry Maguire. And when they sold him, they were sort of like, well, you know, what are we? We're a selling club now. And it's like, look, we won our championship with Ranieri and then we fired him. And now we're just going to hang around. Maybe we can win a League Cup or maybe we can get into the Europa League. Well, here they are. They're sitting on a ton of cash. And I think they should spend it. You got to, this is why you trade for Emmanuel Sanders and give up a, a three and a four. Because you next year you might stink, Dan. They have to capitalize and get into the Champions League. You must strike while the iron is hot. I you believe write that it was down. John Henry. Yeah, go ahead and barred it from the great uh, blacksmith. Ah, or as uh, on the uh, crest of Tottenham, Adere es facere. To dare is to do. Oh, there you go. Yes, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley. It's Golasso. Supremo. All in Latin. Yeah. It Dominic Gofriscum. Had to be. Dominicum Friscum. That's uh, what TSA said to me. Uh, my uh, friend back from San Diego sure. might have had something Cavity. in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. Actually, groin anomaly. I always get the extra frisk because I have a groin anomaly. Did you do the Fletch line using the whole fist, Doc? No, but I, I probably could have, but I was already in some hot water. A groin that. anomaly. Yeah, every time the uh, the TSA agent, I, I go through the, the mm-hmm. x-ray thing that spins around. I step out and they, please wait here. They think you have a third leg? It's something like that. And the lady always, <laughs> she goes, groin anomaly. So then you got to bring in the male frisker. And we got a baby's arm holding an apple. Siri, a couple of apples. <laughs> she wants more of a... Anyway, it's Golasso Supremo. Yeah. Uh, Man City, potentially mm-hmm. interested in Tammy Abraham, who the Chelsea striker wants. Big money, big money, show me the money. Mm-hmm. How tall a, is he? Like 6'4"? He's pretty tall. Yeah. He's tall drink of water. I don't know if he co- quite goes that tall. Maybe because all the other players are short. So, so but he could man. be 5'11". He's a, he's a big kid. Good young striker, showing yeah. a lot of talent. But Man City, I mean, come on, really? Isn't enough enough? Well, I mean, look, Man City doesn't like where they are right now on these these millennial fans are saying out with pep out with pep they don't understand what they're talking about but uh i think chelsea what kind of message does that send to your fan base if you sell that guy to a team above you in the table especially when you're just trying to emerge from a half season transfer ban that you had to suffer through although Mm -hmm. now of course it's been lifted on appeal so chelsea able to uh be somewhat active Mm -hmm. here's one that could scare liverpool fans sadio mane Getting a lot of interest from Real Madrid. The interest is Real. Ah, that's true. Thank you. That's <laughs> it is not Fake. It's terrible. It's not Fake Madrid. It's Real Madrid. They, they yeah. see him as a perfect replacement for Gareth Bale, assuming that Bale eventually goes. When we're might Bale might come back to the Premier League, right? Assuming that he will bail. Two, yes. Yes. Bale. There was a thing about Erickson straight up for Bale to White Hart Lane again. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Who that. Who says no in that one, by the way? Assuming that, and I know that Tottenham wants to move on from Erickson. Erickson wants to leave mm-hmm. Tottenham, but player for player, who gets the better end of that deal? Well, player for player, it's, it's Bale. They play different positions. I mean, Bale's is a is a flying winger, but I mean, it's it's hard to say no to him. I, Tottenham doesn't want to move on from Erickson. They don't have a lot of options. He's still their best midfielder. And uh, Mourinho said, I know what's going to happen because he told me and I'll let you know in January. So we're all waiting. I would love to see him stay around. Uh, he's still young. And the fact that, uh, you know, Inter wants him shows that he's still got a name. I and mean, he's the best Danish player as well. Um, but yes, Real Salt Lake, that name always makes me laugh. And I do have one little piece of MLS news. Bring it. 
Um, Charlotte MLS. They don't have a name for the team, but they are one of the 900 expansion teams. What do we have, 30 now? They're going to start in 2021. And they named a new director of football, Zoran Keneta. And he said, he comes over, of course, from New York City uh, Red Bulls. He said, we're going to concentrate on the Carolinas. And if the Carolinas can give us Michael Jordan, we will get the Michael Jordan of soccer. So I want to let everybody know that the next Messi is coming from Durham. Or parts therein. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.